Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special crossover episode of Wizard Seeking Wizard and actual play podcast, Dungeons and Dreambus. In this episode, you'll be hearing a bit about my backstory from before I was trapped in this orb, when Smoochulan and I were both teachers at a little wizarding college called Pig Smooch. Now, I need to give a content warning on this episode because... Like everything that Smoochilan touches, it gets nasty. So, if you aren't comfortable with gratuitous talk about bodily fluids, power imbalances in relationships, I I would say maybe give this one a skip. However, if you are comfortable with that, if you're comfortable with a lot of wizard sex, well, listen on, friend, and I'll see you on the other side. Hello. You must be looking for love. This is Wizard Seeking Wizard. that Cupid? We see Cupid <laughs> flying through the halls of Pig Smooch University in Hartford. He comes and lands atop the shoulder of one Camistro the Matchmage as he wraps up his current lecture. Camistro, what do we see? We see just full wizard robes, wizard hat, big beard. But if you look in close, it doesn't have stars and moons on the robe. It's all hearts. And see, he's standing in front of a big chalkboard on which he's created a diagram elaborating on all the types of relationship. He says, Now, uh, if you read my most recently published paper, uh, you'll see that the effects of parental abandonment on lycanthropes really affects their ability to form long-term stable relationships with other werewolves. Hmm. Uh, yes, uh, you, and he points at the only student who is in the uh, in the room. <laughs> uh, y- y- yes, Mr. Mr. the Matchmage. Mr. That's Professor the Matchmage. Thank you. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah I believe, um, uh, what was it? Cliveulon? Uh, yep, that's me, Cliveulon, uh, wizard of, of, of chives. <laughs> that Clive the Chive. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, really aiming high, huh? <laughs> but, uh, anyway, what can you tell me about how a a rivalry relationship is affected when a werewolf doesn't have a, a good, strong, stable relationship with his sire. Right. Um, well, I, I I dated a werewolf once, and he had some some daddy issues. And then one time we were we were out for dinner, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, we had just had this this wonderful French frog soup. Mm-hmm. And I guess his dad was into frogs or something because when when they went to take the plates away, he he stabbed me in the ribs. Ah, yes, yes, that's very common. Yeah, he still Venmoed me for for the lunch. Well, why wouldn't he? To be clear, he did not pay for my medical bills. Ah. Well, you know, he probably expected you to regenerate. Yes. We come from different worlds, don't we? All sorts to make the, the, the big old egg turn. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, well, write me a five-page paper about that for tomorrow, <laughs> and uh, I'll see you then. Really gotta dig into my trauma, huh? H- have a nice day, uh, Mr. Dr. Professor the Matchmage. You too, Clive Yulon, the chive wizard. See, it's it's not so hard to remember a name. Cupid, do you see this? I couldn't get into culinary school, so here I am. I didn't ask for your life story. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) 
<laughs> and as he walks away, Camistro, suddenly, you are inside your department's building, the Department of Paraveterinary Medicine. And you hear Clive Yulon exit, and suddenly you see the ceiling of the classroom begin to drip. And Camistro holds out his hand and uh, catches a little bit of the fluid. Tastes a little taste. Smoochalon! And as you say that, the doors in the back of the auditorium open, and in walks a very, very short mage. He is wearing traditional wizard's hat and robe, but they are not tailored to him at all, and so they're dragging along the ground. And you recognize this to be the Great Assisto, minor mage of lending a hand, as he <laughs> is leading Smoochulon to you. Smoochulon, what do we see as you charge in toward Camistro. So Smoochulon is wearing his usual just bright colors and lots of jewelry and he looks like if George Hamilton played Gilderoy Lockhart. And (laughs) 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 that is the most niche reference I could give. And he's coming in and you can see like as he's walking into the room, he's just sort of like gingerly dragging his hand along the wall. (laughs) You see, as he does, like, The walls are like a very standard, like, lecture hall beige, but everywhere that Smoochilon touches, it just blushes ever so slightly, almost (laughs) as if the building were alive. (laughs) And the great assisto walks up and says, Oh, um, Camistro, I have wonderful news for you. Uh, Is it that you stopped Smoochilon from making sweet fuck to the building? (laughs) Oh, no, no, we're still working on that. Uh, However, it is in regards to that mentorship application that you put in. Yes. And, uh, well, you've been assigned. Smoochilon is going to be your mentor. You're welcome. Uh, What? You did want to be mentored, right? No, I have uh, millennia of experience wizarding. Oh, but Smoochilon has been accomplishing such wonderful things over at the Department of Mindbending. Smoochilon is my apprentice. He's a little old and a little frazzled. I am in charge now. (laughs) You can sit down and take your bird. Ah! Cupid kind of squawks at you, Smoochilon. He's certainly not squawking with me. (laughs) And with that, we see the great assisto says, well, if you need anything, you know where to find me. I have a couple of other mentees. Congratulations, Camistro. He like pats your hand. He says, there's a very long waiting list and we gave you just about the best mentor we could find. I'm sure you are in good hands with Smoochilon. And he begins to walk out. Assisto, wait, before you go. Oh, yes, yes. Camistro just grabs his shoulder and like turns him around and looks at him. Your name is ironic, right? Um, I don't think so. (laughs) No, you've been a wonderful assistant. Well, thank you. I take a lot of pride in that. Off with you now. Everything is perfectly fine here. Please feel free to leave in this current state of things. Very well. And he does. (laughs) We cut to Marvin Gaylord Smythe. You are at your office in the Department of Calling, Binding, and Sealing Away. And sitting with you is Clive. Why don't you describe what we see here? Well, the office is very small. Uh, The building was constructed and maintained by half a dozen or so demons that have been bound by the department. And I asked them for an office, but what I ended up getting was a storage cupboard (laughs) with a tiny desk. So like, I'm sitting in like a child's play chair. Clive (laughs) is on a cushion in like the corner next to me. 
and I have my book kind of precariously perched on this six inch small desk. And I'm just kind of <laughs> muttering to myself like, every time I just wanted something nice for myself, but these dang gosh demons, they never give me what I need. What was that? Oh, <laughs> not you, Clive, never you, oh. You know, Marvin, I really feel like you don't appreciate me lately. Well, that's not true. Our paper has done so well. Enemies to lovers, is it just a trope? Your paper has done magnificently with the work I did, but I don't see any new daddies around here. <laughs> I will go to the club tonight and I will get you a daddy. I no, no, I don't want the club again. The locals don't do it for me, you know that. He needs imported daddy. <laughs> I want someone of greater power. I want, and he kind of like stares off into the middle distance, glossy eyes, he goes, I want Smoochilon. <laughs> you want Smoochilon? Yeah. I mean, we can see if we can do something with that. No, we won't see. You will get me Smoochilon. <laughs> or else Jacob Thisser and I might be posting a few pictures on the internet. Okay, okay. <laughs> this, is, this is Clive, Clive, baby, darling, sugar. It's, it's Mr. Of the Dives to you. Okay. <laughs> Mr. of the Dives, please. Like, there's there's no need to bring Jacob into this. Not yet, there isn't. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, what's my deadline for getting you that mm, daddy? I'll give you to the end of the semester. Oh, okay. Cool. That's plenty of time, right? And then I flip to my calendar to see when the semester is over. You've got a good amount of time. Okay. Imagine it was like tomorrow, <laughs> and you're like, fuck. <laughs> That's what I was meant to be doing, grading term papers. <laughs> <laughs> my dear friend of the dives, mm -hmm. I absolutely can get you that daddy of a smooch lawn for you within the time frame specified. All right, you said it. You said you absolutely can. So if you let me down, I'm out of here. I'm taking my powers with me. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. That, I mean, I am studying how this all works. And this works when you leave me and take everything that I hold dear with you. <laughs> Can't wait. Don't worry about a thing. Everything's fine. Can't wait to read your paper on that, buddy. And he pats you on the back. Marvin is just gonna kind of like, inside his mind, he will say, oh, it had to be a demon twink, didn't it? <laughs> oh. And with that, we cut to Passionella. Passionella is inside of a laboratory in a basement. What do we see? Well, we see a five-foot-tall woman with a very large lab coat, as that was all the department had for her. And she's wearing very big circular glasses that are also goggles for the contraption and, you know, mechanism that she's working with. And she pushes a button on her goggles and they magnify about three times. And so her eyes, probably, if you were looking at her are the width of the goggles. And she's working on something that went wrong recently and she's trying to figure out where her calculations got messed up. And so she tries it on a dying flower with some wilted leaves, you know, that she sourced ethically from the botanists. And when she puts the drop on it, it becomes a seed. And she just can't figure out where she went wrong. Passionella, dear, where are you? I'm in here, Hoshinada. And we hear the clicking of heels as Poshanada, the head of the Department of Alchemy, and your aunt, mm. walks into the basement of your shared home. She says, oh, Passionella, dear, I really wish you would put up some more 
respectful equipment in here. All these tubes and syringes. Uh, it's not right. It is, it's, well, it's not how a wizard should conduct their work. It's much cleaner this way and way more organised. If you just put everything in one big cauldron, you don't know there's cross-contamination. Clean is the enemy of magic. Magic is spontaneous. It is the alteration of the world around us. You should welcome the imperfections. That is how discoveries are made, Passionella. And as Passionella looks at her, she notices that, like, she's talking, but she's kind of having trouble moving her face muscles a lot. Yes. And she's like, um, did did you get, uh, did you, did you never mind, you, uh, you look, ah, uh, wonderful today. Didn't I always? Uh, of course, of course. Uh, did you need something? Yes, I just came to tell you that uh, I really need you to speed up work on that uh, project I asked you about. <laughs> Potionada, you know, I, I have my own projects I'm working on as well, not just doing projects for other people to yes, put their I names on. Yes, I understand this, but I am the head of this department, and I don't know if you've been told, but all of the departments are going under audit with uh, some of the increased expenses. They really need to tighten budgets, and, well, if you continue to spend the way you are without results that we're asking for, we may have to let you go. Especially oh since the bursar keeps sending all the funds to smooch you on. <laughs> fine, fine. Once I'm finished with this research session on my last elixir, I will work on your research paper with my information and notes. She grabs the seed and places the papers down in front of you. She says, no, you will begin work on this now. <laughs> Good luck, Passionella. And she begins to walk upstairs. As this happens, it is later in the day, and we see Camistro and Smoochulon inside of their shared dormitory. What is going on? <laughs> I talked with you about this, Max, the other day, mm -hmm. and I feel like this situation is perfect for... Have you seen White Noise, that movie? It came out recently. You know I haven't. I told you literally when you asked me that. <laughs> I know, no, no. I'm talking to the other people here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have not. I have not. Excuse me for thinking you're talking to me. I'm in the room with <laughs> So I feel like just poor Camistro is trying to give a lecture and every five seconds, it's just Smoochie Lone going, oh no, that's, do the opposite of that. That's terrible. <laughs> I like that you're doing this in our shared dorm room as I'm like practicing a lecture, <laughs> yeah. I think is what it is. <laughs> Smoochie please, this is important work. <sighs> Camistro's getting like increasingly flustered and annoyed. He's just trying to like take anything seriously. Eventually, he just like sort of breaks, like, What did you do to get yourself assigned as my mentor? What did you do to get yourself assigned as my mentee? <laughs> I applied for the mentorship program so that I could teach a young wizard to spread his wings. Hey, literally and figuratively. And maybe, you know, introduce Cupid around the local scene. And he turns towards Cupid, who's like on his perch, like looking in a mirror sadly. I'm like, that's just your reflection, buddy. <laughs> See, we can't allow you to teach people all willy-nilly when your brain is all enraptured with bird play. No, I'll be here to be the wind beneath your and Cupid's wings and really just guide you in the teaching prospect. Frankly, you weren't a great teacher when I was your student, and now I can help you to be the teacher you never were. You're welcome. I was a great teacher. You were a terrible student. 
You're always looking out the window, diving out the window, running through the fields, going somewhere else, uh, finding other people, uh, seducing other people, contracting chlamydia, contracting <laughs> wizard chlamydia, inventing a third new type of chlamydia, coming back to me, asking me to cure your three types of chlamydia, saying, I don't know how to do this. Well, please help me, but you would say it in a way that made it seem like it was my idea, which I can't replicate. And I would say, if you would listen to the lecture, you wouldn't have these three types of chlamydia. You would know how to conjure things, and you would say, I already know how to conjure things. Oh, that is, shouldn't try and do two voices at once then. <laughs> I almost died then. And you would always say, and you would always say, it's your fault, Kimistro. Yes, I look back upon our first days fondly as well. <laughs> you make me so angry. <laughs> and as you get so angry, we hear a like a little magical chime as upon your desks we see mail fall down. And simultaneously off camera, this also happens to both Passionella and Marvin. Ooh. Camistro uh, picks up, you know, the uh, this envelope that's fallen on his desk, notes that it is sweating slightly, and opens it. <laughs> As you open the envelope, you see a letter inviting you to a mandatory staff luncheon tomorrow <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> <sighs> mandatory lunch. The oldest trick in the book. Is that what it says? I don't read. I'm read too. Oh my god, you're illiterate? <laughs> oh no, I can. That explains but... so much. <laughs> what does this say? And he holds up a piece of paper in front of Smoochulon's face. It says, help me, I'm being held by an inept old man. No, it's blank. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> and presumably the squabbling carries on into the wee hours of the night. I'm assuming, is anyone not attending the luncheon? Well, it is mandatory, so... Yeah, I'll be there. I will be attending, but I will also be early, you know, because to be on time is to be late. Or so Potionata reminds me every day. <laughs> Marvelous. So... The next day, you guys go through your routine as you all head over to the cafetorium. Passionella, you are the first to arrive, so you get first pickings of the, like, okay food. It's definitely not nice restaurant quality. Maybe, like, mid-home cooking level, but much better than what's normally served. And you see Gimblethorpe, the cafeteria gnome, up on his stool, and he says, Oh, well, hi there, Pesciadella. Do you want some uh, some roast phoenix? Oh, yes. Uh, just a quick question. Yes. Was that ethically sourced? Um, would it make you feel better if I just said yes? Yes, yes, it would. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, very yes. ethically Thank you, sourced. thank you. I'll have some. <laughs> okay. And uh, he serves you some roast phoenix, and he says, "Any, uh, you want some mashed nernroot? Yes, please. Okay. And uh, he serves you this purple, like, it looks like mashed potatoes, but shining almost. And he goes, okay. Anything else? Um, no, I think that's it. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Always a pleasure to see you and to see Potionara. <laughs> Your aunt has walked into the cafeteria across uh. the way. <laughs> Yes, um, all right, I'll be leaving is now. She, uh, is she seeing anyone, do you know? Uh, well... I'm asking for a friend. Since she got Botox in her forehead, she's not seeing much of anything, but, um, if you're asking if she's single, yes, yes, she is. Oh, okay, okay. She's been spending some late nights here lately, yeah? Oh, really? I just want to make sure she's okay, you know? Right. Yeah, I think, I think she's fine. 
All right. And at this point, more people have begun to shuffle into the line. I don't know who we think would arrive next. I think Marvin would probably arrive next. And as Marvin enters the cafetorium, as a networker, he knows his way around the different departments. He's waving, saying hello, shining that winning smile at different colleagues, going like, Oh, Bill, how's the kids? Oh, yeah. I'll catch up later. Oh, Tanya, Tanya, nice to see you. Yes, yes. Oh, how's that research into Pegasuses coming along? Or Pegasi, I'm so sorry, Pegasi. You know, you always know exactly what to say to put me in my place. <laughs> Technically, the correct Greek conjugate would be Pegasauruses. That is so metal. It's my favorite dinosaur. <laughs> Pegasauruses. Oh my god, you always know exactly how to correct me. Thanks, mysterious voice in my head. <laughs> no, that was Tanya. That's what Tanya sounds like. Thanks, Tanya. Mm -hmm. Marvin will go up and grab some uh, lunch. Yeah, Gimblethor begins to serve you and he says, Oh, it's, it's always a pleasure to see you too, Marv. I'm just chuffed to bits to Smooch you on. <laughs> And you see he, like, grips the ladle, and you begin to see the metal bend in his grip. Oh, uh, Marvin's gonna go, oh, Gimblethorpe, always a pleasure to see you too, and don't worry. Smoochalon means well, at least I think. <laughs> I don't think he does. At that point, Smoochilon has entered the cafetorium. He walks in to sprinkle rose petals onto the ground. <laughs> then he leaves so that he can retrace his steps over the rose petals that he has sprinkled down. Yeah, Kimistro walks across the rose petals right before Smoochilon. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That's nice of you, Smoochie. <laughs> They're not for you. But you sprinkled them and then you got out of the way so I could walk on them. You know, it's good to see you taking your role as my mentor seriously. I was against it at first, but after you said some funny words, wait a second. <laughs> oh, look at that. Smoochilon. <laughs> I think at that revelation, Smoochilon is now heading towards Gimblethorpe, the, the cafetorium gnome. Hello, Smoochilon. <laughs> oh, hello. Guy? <laughs> I am oh. so sorry I don't speak help. Oh. Could you get me, um, maybe something from the back? Oh yeah, I'll get you something from the back, don't you worry. Here, Marvin, you want some extra roast phoenix? And he starts serving you up. Oh, what's up, Cabistro? How are you? Hello, Gimblethorpe. And, and he gets a little can opener out, and he goes, I made this gravy myself. I normally use it to spruce up my meals. Why don't you guys have some? And he, he pours it all over your food. Cabistro <clears throat> dips his finger in and licks it. Yep. That's cum. <laughs> it's classic gnome cum gravy. Gravy, I call it. Gimblethorpe, that's so generous of you. My compliments to the chef. Camistro, no. I don't know how you spend time with this thing. And he grabs Smoochulon's tray and goes into the back where you can no longer see him. And you just hear suspicious noises going on back there. Hmm, that's suspicious. <laughs> yes, yes, those are some suspicious noises. Suspi suspicious. Oh, sorry. I'm a little cum drunk. <laughs> I, I wonder, these phoenixes, I think they may have sourced them from the, uh, the paraveterinary department. We've been having a real phoenix uh, <clears throat> breeding problem, if you know what I mean. 
Cupid looks down at the plate and just kind of droops a little bit. You, oh, did you have a crush on the phoenixes? <laughs> Buddy, I'm sorry. They're out of your league. <laughs> and I know, I know, there are no leagues, but maybe just like... Start with somebody who's on your level who does stuff you like doing. You know, phoenixes, they like self-immolating. Healing tears. What do you like? Eating pigeons. Uh, Sass-mouthing me. <laughs> well, whatever else you like. I, I don't really know. You know, we should have a goss session sometime. You know, spill the hot goss. Cupid, if you like sass-mouthing Camistro, you ought to be dating uh, Smoochalon over here. Am I right, Smoochalon? <laughs> oh, that is right, Mervin. You see, Cupid, if you want a phoenix, I'll get you a phoenix, buddy. Cupid kind of perks up and then glances at Smoochalon and then kind of like glances back towards Camistro. Cupid, no. Don't listen to him. He's, he's had so many types of chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> he hops across your shoulder to the one that's further away from Smoochula. Thank you. Yeah, that's a smart bird. Let me tell you something, bird. Who gets more? The person that has not had any type of chlamydia? Or the person that has had all the types of chlamydia? A bird foot comes up to his bird chin and he scratches. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you know, actually, you got me there. You got me there, Smoochie. A pop-up appears that says Cupid will remember that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, Gimblethorpe comes back out. Here you go, Smoochilon. Specially made just for you. I got you the extra special gravy in the back. And the Mashnern root is no longer, like, glowing brilliantly. The phoenix looks, like, soggier and sad. Passionella, there's not a drop of cum in there, you can tell. Right, and did you say that your friend here has had all the types of chlamydia? Somewhere? Oh, yes, he invented some new ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At one point, <laughs> whenever he beat, a little firework would come out. <laughs> Very noisy. <laughs> If you were ever interested, I could make something, you know, to prevent that. Although, you know, the quickest way to prevent it is to be safe to start with. But I mean, I, I do know how to, you know, prevent sexually transmitted diseases with, with a few concoctions. If you're... Are you telling me you don't like fireworks? Oh, no, no. I, I like them. I just like I don't want them just happening in my body without... My prompting, if that makes sense. Marvin, within your head, you hear, I like fireworks. I really like fireworks, Marvin. I love fireworks. <laughs> and then, like, under his breath, like, Marvin just kind of, like, through gritted teeth goes, like, I know you like fireworks. I'm trying to get you some fireworks. Could you give me a little bit of time? Troy harder. You already chose your deadline. What was that, Marvin? Uh, I'm sorry. Nothing. Oh, you know, sometimes, you know, being from the cabs of department, you hear a little whisper in your ear and you just have to fight it off and buck them out. Sure. Been there. <laughs> At this point, you hear the tapping on the microphone as you know that the dean is about to appear for uh, his usual pre-luncheon speech basically oh, good. you guys have been to many many of these events it is basically an excuse for him to talk at you about whatever he has to talk at you about and then he leaves while you're all still eating <laughs> and a little bit of i guess fanfare plays as he comes out of the curtains on the small cafeteria stage and you see this bald man tall in these long draping red and gold robes very clean shaven very pointed jaw comes up to the microphone and says 
Greetings, staff, and welcome to the mid-semester luncheon. I, of course, am Dean Nepotismo the Seventh. Wizard of Meritocrancy, the magic of merits. I wanted to take a moment to address a few notes and update you all on the direction of this school. First off, great work. Despite the events of the last few weeks and the sudden increase in hospitalizations, deaths are down a full 0.02%. This progress is truly unheard of. I know my father and my father's father and his father and his father would be proud. Nepotismo the first through third, not so much. But those were different times. Secondly, I just want to reassure all staff that there is no need to worry about the love lines. The flow and anomalies are constantly under my supervision, and despite any rumors you may have heard, everything is fine. Any arcane oddities on campus are simply the result of our groundbreaking research. That said, we have received a number of petition jars from staff and student alike. As a side note, individual petition vials are much preferred as it saves my staff the trouble of separating out the voices. But your concerns for safety regarding the roaming legged heart spouting fountains of blood have been heard starting today. Administration will be doing everything in our power to put a stop to this by asking you to take care of it. Anyone who can discreetly and safely neutralize the Roman heart will have the university's gratitude. On a totally separate note, I will remind you that due to increasing construction costs and medical ward expenses, we will be tightening our budget significantly at the end of this semester. Oh, and Professor Titularian, renowned wizard of prestigiomancy, will be retiring this semester as well, so we will be looking to fill his very well-funded seat. Not that that has anything to do with a giant legged heart spouting emotions and causing minor to major structural damage to buildings on our campus at its leisure. And that just about covers it. Please enjoy the roasted phoenix. Do remember not to interfere with the love lines. And have a great semester. I'll be retiring to my chambers, so if you need anything, anything at all, please ring up your direct supervisors. Good night! <laughs> Well, there was some lovely exposition. Yes, I thought very stirring. <laughs> I was wondering, he's Nepotismo the second, and he mentioned Nepotismo one through three. The seventh. The seventh. Well, now that I've heard that disembodied god voice explaining it, <laughs> uh, never mind. <laughs> really nipped that joke in the bud, huh? Yeah, it really kicked my ass straight to the curb. He showed me what's what. So I've come up with the perfect solution to fix the problem of the giant legged heart. Okay. I'm going to fuck it. <laughs> yes, I will bring it to heel. By getting those heels in the air. Oh, God. I've never fucked a heart before. I've fucked a couple livers, but never a heart. This will be one of my greatest successes. Marvin smiles and goes, A smooch alarm, that is a fantastic idea. And thank you so much for taking that on for the campus. You are just something else. 
Smoochula, no! That heart has such unbounded reagents to, to share with us such power to untwist various romantic things. A heart that can feel at that scale. Can you imagine what we could do with it? If you give that heart chlamydia, I shudder to think of the consequences. I won't do that. I'm going to give it chlamydias. Oh, no. Um, I, I really, really really must stress the importance of if you are going to go through with this practicing safe sex on this one because it's as Camistro said we are always in need of more reagents and things like that and this heart I mean as it is now not chlamydia infested could be the answer to so many research questions that we have posed yes yes like how does one fuck a heart well the answer is well (laughs) no well, personally, I think you'd enter through the ventricle and then uh, just fill up the atriums, right? All right, all right. My my question, uh, Smoochalon, what if it doesn't want to fuck you? <laughs> oh. oh, are you serious? Yes, yes, I am. Well, that is a question that academics have never been able to answer. Uh, and hopefully, huh. it'll never come up. Well... I just don't, don't engage, Passionella. <laughs> that way madness lies. I know, I know. I guess I'm just wondering, like, what what level of sentience does it have? Like, would it be ethical for you to do so? Well, it's a roaming heart. It must have some sort of sentient thought to it. If it's right. just wandering about wreaking havoc on campus, it... it it has some form of intellect, I would imagine. Well, it definitely feels. Yes. If it can feel, then it can be seduced. That's where I come in. Literally. Smoochalon, I don't think you can take love of that magnitude. I think it would blast your cock right off. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps not alone, but perhaps if we... No! I'm not helping with this! I'm not sure if you've um, been aware of my research with your department of mind-bending, but my next research paper is going into a succubi, and I was uh, thinking that perhaps this could be an excellent opportunity to continue that uh, exploration. Yes, yes, keep going, yes. Yes, I think this is exactly what we need to do. An orgy is the only way to take down emotions of this magnitude. Listen, Smoochalon, I know that uh, scientists have not been able to answer that, that question that was brought up, but but maybe we should think about what happens if that is not what the heart wants. Because the heart wants what it wants, and what if it just wants to bite your member off? This This thing, this person, this heart, there will be reasons it is doing what it is doing, and I know that we all think that a good fuck solves everything, but sometimes it doesn't, is all I want to say. Sometimes it makes things more complicated. Indeed. Will you just please allow me to make the elixir to to prevent the spread of your chlamydias? Smoochalon, please. We can't infect this heart. Very well. Thank you. Passionella, thank you so much. I keep waking up in the middle of the night. <laughs> the fire. <laughs> to the 1812 overture. No. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, what is this show rated? <laughs> I, now, Passionella, are we overcomplicating things here? Uh, <laughs> I mean, we don't, we don't know anything about this creature. That's the whole thing. That's why they want to be rid of it. So I guess I just... I wish for us to exercise caution. Yes, but uh, but you can always rely on a bound demon. How's how's 
How is that? I would like to question that statement. Well, it's all in the contract writing, folks. Come on now. And I mean, with a smile like this, and Marvin shoots them his winning <laughs> smile. I mean, you can get a demon to agree to pretty much any terms that you need it to. And the relevance to the heart? Oh, Pashanella, dear. And you see Poshanada comes up and touches you on the shoulder. She says, I'm so sorry. I actually have to run. I'm already late for something. Here is my roast phoenix. Uh, would you mind just taking this home and putting it in the, uh, in, the, in the fridge for me, please? Home? All, all the way? I still have classes to teach. Well, they can't be that important. I am a teacher. I have it's... a meeting to run to. Thank you so much, darling. Mwah. You know, I just... And Poshanada exits. By the tormented tools of Tim Taylor, <laughs> you have a strange relationship with your aunts. Yes. Yes, I know. As she's walking away, Smoochilon lowers his sunglasses to reveal a second identical set of sunglasses underneath those. That's gotta be a potion, because elixir don't shake like that. <laughs> Oh, what was that? And she stops walking. Nothing. Go on to your meeting. Go on. Go uh, on. You're much too hairy for me, dear. And she walks out. <laughs> you know, the budget, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, that. And you know what? This meeting, I bet it's more jiggle. <laughs> Budget's not the only thing tightening. <sighs> Gross. <laughs> Smoochal on you, dog you. Oh, dear. Yeah. Well. Legally, that's the last one of those I'm able to do today. <laughs> Camistro takes a big forkful of gravy-loaded Phoenix and puts it right in his mouth. Just gross. <clears throat> so, okay, when is this happening? Because I just need, like, half an hour to develop this elixir, and this is not happening until that elixir is made, yes? Yes. Great. I think it'll take us a little longer than half an hour to track down a giant heart with feet. Also, and you know, this is just me, I'm pretty sure the Dean was lying about the love lines. My survey of both geo and socio-mantic energy in this area shows that this shit is wacky. I mean, do you see how you and your aunt are acting towards each other? Oh, Camistro, buddy old pal, calm down. I will not calm down. Don't worry about it too much. <laughs> no. I mean, when has a nepotismo ever steered us wrong. Many, many times. In fact, I could think of five examples off of the top of my head. But Nepotismo the Seventh is different. He is very much qualified for this position. I mean, clearly, he hired me. So, <laughs> with that, I am off. The hunt begins. I'm going to have my TA eat this food for me because I don't have the time to do it myself. I've got to catch that heart before... Yes. ...before Smoochon takes it to the walls of the aorta. <laughs> Real dicking clock. I've got to go home really quick and pop this in the refrigerator, but once I'm done with this elixir, I will track you down. I actually, in my van, I have what I need to make it. Um, and I only make elixirs that are legal. And she, like, looks around, just to be clear. That's all I'm making out of my van. Thank you. And she'll, like, get up and walk away hurriedly, and her lab coat is, like, dragging behind As her. As you get up, having just clarified uh, the kind of potions you make, you trip over something, Peshanella, and you go sprawling to the floor. Oh, and I presume that my aunt's tray of food just, like, goes all over the place. It lands perfectly, just, like, it goes up, like in Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man, mm -hmm. comes right back down and then just skids across the floor. But you just hear a... Oh, oh, 
Oh, uh, I'm I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh! What the hell, Passion Noah? Uh, and you see, in again, full-grown wizard's robes. This time, it is not a short wizard, but a baby wizard, with a cigar in his mouth. I'm so sorry. I I didn't see you. I'm sorry. Oh, first you turned me into a baby. Now you. Okay, Send listen. me flying all over the floor. I oh. told you that my research was very experimental and that I was working on an anti-aging, anti-wrinkle solution and that we weren't quite sure if there were any side effects. And now listen, can you tell me you have no wrinkles now? You're wrinkleless. Yeah, but I also lost my beautiful long curly hair. And you see he touches his bald baby head. It'll grow back. I could make you a hair growth potion. We at Albert will have his revenge. I'm sorry. Ow. No, no. And he, he, he toddles away. Camistra turns and says, oh, hi, Babyulis, the baby wizard. I'm Weird Albert. <laughs> Babyulis is on sabbatical. Oh, I'm sorry. I had you mixed up with him. And he points across the room. <laughs> another baby. <laughs> I, another baby smoking a cigar. Sup? <laughs> I'm sorry, Weird Al. I, I'm, I'm working on the reverse for this. I just I just need some time, all right? Did I say Weird Al? I meant to say Strange Albert. Albert, Strange Albert. I am working. He walks up. He just, ah. <laughs> and Passionella gets up and like dusts her lab coat off as best she can and then picks up, because obviously her tray of food went everywhere, yes. but her aunt's is, is perfectly intact. Mm. And so she will pick up hers and like sadly like throw it away <laughs> and then pick up her aunt's and walk kind of dejected out the door. Okay. So what is everyone off to do now? I've got to hurry. I need a full, full capture setup. Oh, I'm going to have to go to the department head for this. And he like scurries off. Okay. He's a scurrier, I would say. Give me a I, I see it. I see it in my mind's eye. He's a little guy. <laughs> All right. Smoochie. Well, I know he wants to try to hunt the heart. But I know technically he has classes at some point. Mm-hmm. He's already in like bright pink safari, like pith helmet. <laughs> I am ready to go to the ends of the campus or until I get bored. And he's just sort of staring out in the distance determinedly. At this point, your T.A. Gregory, who is in a black robe, like covering his face, so you only see glowing eyes underneath, says... Smoochalon, you have classes today. Why don't you go teach? I shall find the heart. Very well, Gregory. I shall go teach the class. You track down the heart, and when you find it, you come to me. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm not sure you'll be able to survive even foreplay with that thing. I'll definitely come back to you, Smoochalon. No worries. You're so trustworthy. That's what I like about you. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> and he he doesn't quite scurry. He more like glides off because you can't see his feet under the robe. You see him glide away. <laughs> Never trust a man with audible steps. That's what I always say. <laughs> Precisely. He's behind you again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he glides backwards. <laughs> Marvin, where are you going? He has a class up next. So he's going to go and teach his class. And specifically, he's going to skip ahead in the textbook to the chapter on succubi. And he is going to attempt to get the class to help him bind a succubus. And then I will use the succubus after class is ended to seduce the heart and bring it to Suchilan to then gain his favor, to then get him to climb. Marvelous. Lots of steps. It's a multi-point plan. (laughs) 
wasn't that wonderful, everyone? What an incredible luncheon. If you want to hear where the rest of this story goes, you can head on over to the Dungeons and Drimbus feed for part two of Big Smooch. In this episode, I, Camistro the Matchmage, was played by Max Kreisky. I'm giving myself top billing because I'm talking right now. Giancarlo Herrera was the GM. Hannah Schooner was Passionella. Michael Pisani was Marvin. And as always, Josh Rubino was Smutulan the Smug. That's right, it's Smug. I said it, I'm doing the credits. Our intro and outro music was created by Kenny Gray and William Janetta. Uh, they are wonderful. They both have their own individual SoundCloud accounts. You should really check them out. Sound design was by Giancarlo Herrera and editing was by Hannah Schooner. We're running Pig Smooch using the Pig Smoke role-playing game, which was developed by Chris Longhurst. You can buy it wherever you find fine role-playing games, such as Drive Through RPG or Itch. I love it personally. It's a lot of fun, and it really gives you a lot of options to run terrible wizard academics. Um, I think that's it. So I will see you in the Dungeons and Drimbus feed soon, friends. And remember, that's come. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know what? Cut that part out. Cut that part out.